You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSC has closed its doors for another day, and as it's a Thursday, it's time for the double-headed dream team edition of the Five O'Clock Shadow with Viv Governor from Rand Swiss in South Africa and David Shapiro from Sassam Securities in the United States today in New York. Now, gentlemen, I have to talk about one thing, which is a little bit old news, but I'd like to get your opinions on it because I'm getting different opinions from notably people like Pete Fillion and a couple of others who I won't mention. It's the Naspers process saga yeah. that goes on. And I don't know, I, I spoke to a, a chap last night and I just said, I'm so bored with it. They locked value in with their convoluted structures and now they're unlocking value and suddenly they're heroes. It's like a sitcom that goes on for one too yeah. many series. Viv, can I start with you on this one? How do you approach uh, I think the number is five percent per annum in lost value. That's what they've been. That's what the NASPA structure has been costing uh, shareholders, uh, which they've used to pay themselves salaries and invest in other things. Because obviously, if you've won the lotto once, you must be a genius. Uh, sort of like what SoftBank is doing. You know, what I mean, they had one big uh, investment also in a Chinese company, and they've burned money ever since. Uh, so yeah, uh, this is pretty much a case of uh, we are thanking people for stops, you know, you know, beating us up as shareholders. It uh, it is yeah, I've not been a fan of the Nasdaq team. They have not done anything of any real value other than that one investment. And in fact, all they've done since that making that one investment is kind of harm the value of that investment by trying to either pay themselves massive salaries or you know repeat uh, you know. The, the uh, luck they had with the ten cent. Okay, yeah, say what you say. What you say what you mean, Viv? Uh, David Shapiro, would you concur with Viv's view? I I, I tweeted. I said that uh, in my next life, I want to be a corporate advisor to Naspers Process. How many Full hundreds stop. of millions? Uh, can you believe it? Mm. And I there's a the I watch the volumes on the JSC every day, and all those volumes. Most of the volumes are NASPERS process, the buyback of shares. Mm. It's without without the NASPERS process buyback, there is no JSE. But um, the problem is that that has been the share price has been artificially supported. And as Viv said, you had these convoluted structures which they create and then they uncreate them again yeah. or break them up, costing millions to shareholders. At the end of the day, take all that away the value of the share will be based on what they own. And at the moment, the only real asset they have is Tencent, which has been, uh, hasn't been doing as well as we all thought it would be. It's battling a little bit in China, and that's, they hold a lot of issues around that. But uh, every other business is still making a loss and with promises of break even in years' time. But who wants, you know, I, I, who wants a food delivery service? I mean, do you really want to own no, you don't. Uh, a lot of chaps on a, a lot of chaps on a bicycle delivering pizzas? <laughs> you know, and, and 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 I think they've got very soft businesses, very you know, nothing that you can really get your teeth into. So as soon as they stop buying the shares, buying back the shares, mm. eventually that discount will emerge again so i i just think it's a uh it's just a total waste of money and as viv says i think they're just paying themselves these enormous amounts of salaries patting themselves on the back and you've got a few you've got a few psychopaths and you've got a lot of cheerleaders in in the south african markets but uh, uh i don't know i just we've got them historically just going for the ride as long as they've been 
propped up by these buybacks. But I think it's a it's an awful story, and I I, I know where Pitt would be. I, I haven't heard you know. Oh, just read a couple of his tweets. This? Yeah, he was ranting. He's furious yeah. about it. Viv, do you think that what people are holding on for is the promise that the management team can do another 10 cent, which was, I think it was mostly Kurzbeck. I don't know. But I do know that Kurzbeck had lost 950 million rand, was yeah, was a decent sum of money in his first Chinese foray. And then suddenly he was persistent. He applied himself and with his team, obviously, and then came 10 cent. Do you think, Viv, that they're waiting for another 10 cent? Or has the myth of the magic of Kurzbeck now dissipated and they're just back to food delivery services and classifieds? I mean, you, you need to understand what this – this wasn't an investment, uh, basically, uh, in terms of like the NASPAS uh, uh, cent investment. It, it returned, I think, 4,000 times in like 20 years. That's not a that's not a business model. Let's bring the lotto. You know, you you pay ten bucks in and you get you get four thousand back. That's a lotto. That is not an investment strategy. Uh, they yeah. were very very lucky. I mean, like I yeah. said, exactly the same thing we've seen in SoftBank, where SoftBank when it did an investment in I think it was Alibaba and it got exactly the same kind of returns and thought they were geniuses and then went and just burnt I don't know how many tens of billions, if not more. Uh, of Saudi Arabian money uh, on garbage in in like the US, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I, so some people would say that maybe Bashir uh, Sassad is actually a CIA agent or a Mossad agent trying to take down the Saudis because the amount of money is cost them. But um, yeah, it's the same thing here. Sometimes people f- mistake luck for skill, and this mm. was an example of. I mean, this is not a business strategy. You don't go and try and get a 4,000 times return as a business strategy. Yeah. You basically get lucky on this thing. And, you know, uh, they've tried that luck a number of times since then, showing that it was not any kind of skill because they've not repeated anything close to this. And, in fact, most of the stuff that they've done has been loss-making. Uh, and so, yeah, I don't know who out there would be assuming that this particular team is going to get them another 10 cents. Thank you know, goodness. Just before, before you go on, David, I okay. have to say that they were very, very lucky not to buy Just Eat. I mean, there was a massive... Mm. massive premium mm. they were paying for another food delivery mm. service but they didn't get yeah. it and i think they must be sitting down and mopping their brows and saying thank goodness for that sorry david i interrupted <laughs> you no i i don't think so i still think they they thought it would have been a great deal uh because they're still pursuing the same area you know they're still pushing that that area so they're losing hundreds of millions i haven't seen the numbers i haven't been able to get to the spreadsheet but even so, if you look and you see where their uh, operating profit is coming from, you'll find it's about 150% from Tencent, even though the profits are down on last year or on the last quarter, whatever it was, and the rest is just being eaten away. So you, you know what? Uh, Howard Marks made a statement. Uh, I was actually at a presentation when he made it and made a note, and he always said, he says, a lot of people get their reputations from getting something right once in a row. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, this this was the once in a row. And if they would have just ridden their luck and said, okay, let's just sail into the sunset. You know, we're very lucky. We're fortunate to have it. Leave it. Let everything else go in there and have this as a company that nearly owns a stake in Tencent. I think they would have done significantly better without the huge overheads and costs and burdens and everything else that has gone with it. So Viv's right. I just, for me, it's, uh, you know, I'm saying we've got historical holdings there. 
you know, from from the very low levels. But other than that, there's nothing that excites me about this company. Okay, so we're not excited by that. And yeah, it's another bonanza for the advisors and the, the bankers and, and things like that with the, the whole new restructuring and unwinding of the cross-holding and everything else. I mean, come on. Okay, uh, we've got to stay with the JSC and I'll stay with you, David, and then Viv can come in afterwards because I'm going to mention some companies now that have come out on the Stock Exchange News Service of the JSC Securities Exchange with announcements. Remgro on behalf of MediClinic, AdCorp, AECI, and Argent. I would reckon that your portfolios, if there's any in there, probably about 0.7% is, is accounted for by those companies I've just read out. I loved, I remember, uh, what's his name? Teague Henry. Teague. Teague. I can't remember from Argent. Hmm. who has suddenly made a comeback after years in the wilderness uh, with his little steel operations. So I don't know how it did, but I have been watching it from a distance. Um, all I remember is he used to make Jetmaster, for those, uh, Lindsay, you won't know what that is. Isn't it a bry or something? Isn't it some sort of... That's a fireplace and a bry. Oh, uh, yeah, that's it. You have your Jetmaster yeah. fireplace. And I, I remember he used to do bull bars for bull, B-U-L-L bars for motor cars, you know, in which you could uh, put your trailer or something like that. I, I, I haven't looked at the company for years, but at mm -hmm. one stage of... My life. It was a fairly decent steel manufacturing or steel fabrication business, yeah. But uh, the rest, you know, of course, they've all had their lives. I don't know where they are now. You know, Rembrandt, in my mind, I know they're trying to, and I'd love Viv's opinion on this. Yes. I've always been, ever since uh, they unbundled companies, I think they've just been a messy holding business. You know, without any real direction. I know they're trying to get it right now. It's always traded at a significant discount to its underlying value for reason. You know that there was nothing done with those companies that uh, were held. So you know they now have taken this big stake in MediClinic. I don't know where they're going. I, I also haven't. I haven't touched them for ages. Okay, Viv, David was inviting your comments on what he's just said. Do you have an opinion? Yeah, look, I mean, MediClinic, uh, yeah, they do have the offshore stuff, which hasn't done great. And, you know, the national health insurance is really troubling me. I, I don't know. Yeah, all these kind of things coming through about, you know, uh, exactly how it's going to work. It just doesn't add up. One plus one is trying to equal 17 or something here. Yeah. Uh, if, if you look at some of the statements from government, you know. Uh, and so I, I'm really kind of like a bit like, you know, perplexed about uh, the investment case around it, uh, you know. So, yeah. It, it, I, and Viv, I think they're trying to go tech again. I know they, they made a big investment in uh, technology, which is a good investment, the fiber and that. But I don't know if it's big. You know, either you do fiber or you do medicine or health or you do whatever <laughs> it is. But but have a, have a theme, have something that, uh, you know, people want to buy, not just – I don't know. For me, it's just a company that that uh, after it unbundled uh, the big investments that it had, uh, which was, you know, Richmond and uh, it got rid of its first rands and that. I don't know. I don't know what it is. There's a whole lot of good businesses there, but they just seem to be a, a, a you know, messy pot of what was left over. Well, look, I, mean, I, I, think, I honestly think there is an opportunity in tech. Um, mm. I mean, South Africans, for whatever reason, and I, I think people forget this, are uh, I mean, with our schooling, maybe with the environment that we grow up in or whatever, our punch way above our weight. We're not quite as no good as Israel for in terms of like, you know, tech, tech investments and so on. But, you know, look at the number of Silicon Valley executives that are South African. Yeah. Beyond Elon Musk, you look down the line and there's people 
all over Silicon Valley, not just in terms of the tech, but also in terms of the investments, whatever, that are really, really successful in com- and they come from the South African schooling system. I do think that there is something about the rugby or the bulldog or whatever in the country <laughs> that gives you a little advantage. You know, it, it is weird just how well South Africans are doing in this particular you know, field internationally. And at the moment, there's no, as I think David mentioned it like a year, a, a week or two ago. There's no VC space in South Africa. Nah. There is none, nah. which makes no nah. sense. I mean, it would be nah. like there's no VC space in Israel. It would make no sense. You make all this money and there's nobody trying to, trying to basically start something new up. So there is an opportunity here, but whether or not Remgro has these capacity or the willpower or whatever to really do it properly, we don't know. But I do think there's an opportunity in South Africa that people often ignore is the fact that for whatever reason, South Africans are, you know, innovating and mm. have mm. always done these weird things that you would not expect from a country as small as ours, you know? You make a good point. And, and, and when uh, in my short time a few days ago in Boston talking to people there and even here, and the amount of money in VC is just astronomical. VC, this is not private equity. This is VC. In mm. other words, startups. And... Yeah. Uh, Suddenly, you mention AI now, and everybody, that's all they're doing now. And the amount of money now being thrown at AI, and obviously huge amounts are going to be lost as well, you know, but still, everybody's willing to take that chance. And it's something we lack here is that, I don't know what it is, it's the and, uh, investor spirit, and yet South Africa was made on that, you know, with gold mines, people just threw a lot of money at, at the prospects of digging a hole and finding gold. So it's not outside of our culture or outside of our history, but but I think our banks have killed us. You know, our banks. Yeah. That's why whenever I look at Standard Bank's results in first round and they tell us how wonderfully careful they are, I'm saying, yeah, that's that's true. But but yeah, if you've got an entrepreneur and he wants to raise money, you know, he has to put up his auntie and his mother <laughs> up as collateral. So you think you think they're being too conservative? Africa, we've we've gone too conservative. Hmm. We've gone much too conservative. Yeah. The problem having these four big banks is that they are too big. Like, mm. like I've I've actually tried to do this. I'm actually working on an AI project at the moment around uh, you know the the startup space, and I have looked at basically you know private equity venture capital in the past. You have amazing businesses, amazing opportunities that need yeah. five, ten million rands, mm. and the banks won't look at them because literally they're not. It's not yeah. worth the effort. They'd probably spend five million rands doing the DD to give you yeah. a five million rand loan. And yeah. so it, 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 the, the reason that you have a Silicon Valley bank in the U.S. and that's going to help them is because it's just small enough to, for these things to make a difference to their balance sheet and for them to take the effort to it. Mm-hmm. In South Africa, because we have, in one way, it's stability for having the big four, big five with Investec, et cetera, is, is the, the negative to that is that you don't have anyone small enough to care about the small guys. Yeah. And that really hurts us. Okay, talking yeah, about, yeah. talking mm, about startups, ahead, David, you're talking yeah. about the amount of money going into to AI. A statistic came out today, or rather a survey came out today. For the first six months of 2023, deals in the United States of America, mainly Wall Street deals, that's what they're talking about, have fallen 42% from the same period last year, which is the biggest fall mm. in 10 years. 2013 yeah. was the last time it plunged. And that's listings, and that's mergers and acquisitions, and private equity and everything else. So a minus 40 and they say that Wall Street bankers 
are laying off people because of this. And mm. the reason is, it's very simple. And again, we come back to this same old boring point. It's the price of money. If you need yes. to raise money, if you need to leverage mm. something, you need a cheap interest rate. And that's why it's been mm. so buoyant in the past. Now interest rates have gone shooting up. People say, no, we can't afford it. Our margins are squeezed mm. because of the, the cost of mm. money. And I mm. noticed Jerome Powell today, gentlemen, was, well, not today, but the last couple of days, yes, he's, been, he's been in Iberia. He's been in Spain. He's been in Portugal. He's been talking. And he was asked a direct question, and he said there needs to be two more interest rate yeah. rises in the States to get inflation under control. We may pause for another month or another quarter or whatever, mm. but they will come essentially. And so the market knows, and I like it that mm. the market knows, but it's killing business. The price of money is the key to everything, mm. David. Yeah. yeah, it's killing that business dead right. You know, where you've got someone like Powell, uh, even though those threats uh, might not be as severe as he says, you know, he's just playing for time at the moment. Um, but but still, it, it, it certainly kept business down. And then on top of that, you've got every business strategist, call it what you want. I'm going to use a word that they use in football called pundit. You know, yeah. you've got all these pundits saying, oh, you know, uh, interest rates are going up. Economy, recession, recession, uh, recession. Oh, you know, the corporate profits are going to fall. Oh, the S&P is going to come down by 10. So everyone says, okay, you know, in the meantime, what's happening is that there are a lot of people out there saying, stuff this. And, and the S&P is up 30% in the first six months. And I think the S&P is up around about 14% in the first six months, all driven by the excitement around um, generative AI. So there are things happening. And then in that area, I don't think there, there is money around. You know, the one thing is that you can raise that kind of money. Uh, it might not be um, – it might not shift uh, or, or kind of move J.P. Morgan's balance sheet or anything like that. But money is around to go into uh, ventures. So, uh, <laughs> you know, when you walk around the place and you see these massive new buildings going up in New York or you go and see these huge houses in – in um in boston they're all they're all investment bankers eh? <laughs> they make fortunes and they dump them off onto the investment funds and so it goes you know that's the whole chain but there's a lot of money around you know around that is, at the moment so this is the place you want to raise money you want you got a venture you got a good idea you don't go to the JUC. you don't go to cape right. town you know to venture you you come here are you listening, yeah. Viv? Are you going to put your 10 million rand that you need mm. for your venture? Go outside the borders of South Africa. Yeah. Keep it a South African company and leave its roots there, but mm. go overseas and they'll embrace you, I think. Yeah. What do you think, Viv? 10 million. What, what's 10 million is half a million dollars. Not even. Peanuts. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but, but here's the thing, right? I mean, uh, the, the thing about AI and, and even like to some extent uh, the previous internet revolution, that, that the reason that we are so wonder, uh, in wonder about it is because all you need is, is a great brain and a, and, a, and, a, and a reasonable a couple thousand round PC and you can generate billions of dollars of value. Mm, that, yeah. that is, that's the amazing thing about, about this current revolution that we're seeing. L literally, all you need is the right brain in front of a couple thousand round machine and you can generate you know, returns on that capital of you know, a thousand times, a million times in some cases. 
And uh, in South Africa, we don't lack the brains. And that's the thing. We know it. We know it because just of the success of South Africans that do go to Silicon Valley, that do go elsewhere in the world, and suddenly start these wonderful companies. And like I said, it's not just Musk. You just go beyond Elon Musk, uh, Rolf Botha. You look, you're talking about like a David Sachs. You're talking about, you know, yeah. uh, Vinnie Lingen. Uh, the list goes on and on of the number of South Africans that have started really significant businesses and are almost like superstars in all yeah. parts of the world. Yeah. And the reason is this, is, and promise the threat. What happens is there's no reason those things could not start in South Africa because, like I said, there's no capital requirement. All you needed was to basically a bit of money to fund uh, you yeah. at the start so you could get going. And in South Africa, we just don't do that. What we'd rather do is we spend, uh, I think one of the unions spent $300 million on second on uh, on the, that uh, the second Jalo, uh, the guys. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we we had uh, just Africa spending I don't know how many billions on like you know cattle and yeah. you know agriculture, which I don't think is unimportant. But I mean, when you can have the opportunity to translate you know a hundred million into a hundred billion, yeah. and as reasonable, uh, but we just ignore it and rather those kids uh, either language in Africa or leave. You must read, read. I'm reading a book now, and I'm only about ten uh, percent through. Called the Everything Blueprint. It's all about ARM. It's yeah. all about ARM, which is the uh, British-based super, uh, yeah. and it it tells their success. I mean, all they do is brains. You know, they don't do anything. And what it does also give you is the whole infrastructure around uh, making of chips. Uh, yeah. I'm enjoying. I really am enjoying it, and I think for anybody who wants to understand where we are, wants to st- understand Nvidia. Uh, they can't move without ARM. You've got, and you know where? And and ARM have got something like a thousand engineers in India that go yeah. through. So you submit a blueprint, or you submit yeah. a plan, and these chaps go through it to see whether it can. You can turn it into a chip, you know, that will, <laughs> or a circuit, or yeah. or a CPU. But uh, fascinating. But where are the engineers in India? Bangalore. Like DeepMind, which is Google's basically thing. Google's in the US, but where's the engineers? DeepMind's yeah. in the UK. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, yeah. The, the talent's everywhere around you, and South Africa does not lack for it. Mm-hmm. But in terms of, uh, you know, Tullis, uh, it's just weird. Like, I mean, I, I was just reading the other day, but no, Jensen Wong, the guy that runs uh, Tullis uh, NVIDIA. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You know the person that runs AMD is like his cousin. This is Sue and Jensen Wong are cousins, right? <laughs> and she runs AMD, and he runs he runs he runs Nvidia. Nvidia. But the thing is that, but, but 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 the brain power there basically is it's not in Taipei. He just does the design and he does the manufacturing elsewhere. But yeah. the, what I want to bring the point I want to bring about is it's it's, it's literally in the current environment. Yes, the chips are different, and the weird thing is this. Weird thing about Europe is this: they can do the capital, but they can't do the software. The best yeah. chip maker is that that ASML. Eindhoven, yeah. Yeah. And they basically operate because they are doing capital. Their machines are billions, tens of yeah. billions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. But there are no software companies in Europe. Think about it. There's no major software company in Europe. Mm-hmm. The Facebooks, the Googles, the Amazons, the Apples, the all these yeah. kind of high software companies. The places where you just need the brain power and the machine to work, 
doesn't have credit Europe. Europe can do the capital, but it can't do the investment. There's something magical about that. And I think if you look at, for instance, the um, the spending in terms of venture capital, I think the number in the U.S. is 200 billion a year. In Germany, it's about 10. Mm. So 20 to 1. I just, yeah. just quickly on that, I you want to see Amazon Prime in operation. I'm absolutely fascinated by it in a city like like New York because with Prime, you ordered, if I ordered something today, um, I had to get a dust buster, which is, you know, the handheld uh, vacuum cleaner. <laughs> 24 hours, less than 24 hours, it's at your doorstep. You know what I mean? And whatever you order, 24 hours. But when you watch it in operation, and a woman nearly beat me up because I wanted to take a picture of the truck that's arrived and everybody unloading. And this, this woman came up to me and she's, I don't want to be in your snapbook album, you know, and she wanted to beat me on the head for taking a picture. I just ran away with my tail between my legs. But all I wanted to do, I wasn't going to start with her because she would have beat me into a pulp. But, I mean, uh, when you look at the incredible logistics behind this, I mean, it's absolutely fascinating to see, um, you know, how efficiently they operate and how they go pulling these wagons around the streets of New York. And, you know, New York is there, but it's – it's and just offloading them at each building. Just fascinating to see the logistics. The other one is the, the overnight food operation called uh, Fresh Foods, where the truck just draws up here, and, and these people work at a speed that you can't believe. And they're not Americans. I promise you, they're not Americans who are doing these uh, jobs. Gentlemen, yeah, I, I knew know. I made a mistake when I started embellishing on your point <laughs> of uh, artificial intelligence. <laughs> as soon as you get you two techies together, that's it. I'm out of the conversation. But, <laughs> but go on, Viv, your last point you before we go yeah. to the markets, please. Yeah. ChatGPT just added uh, images this week, right? Mm, and you think, okay, okay images, they've done that before. You make a picture out of a word, right? No, that's not what it does. You give it a picture and you ask it questions. There's an example where a guy opens opens up a machine, like a computer, holds a cord and says, what is the cord I'm holding doing? Can you imagine? And it answers it correctly. Can you imagine you have a problem with your car? Open up the car, point to something and says, this thing is weird. What's happening here? And it'll tell you. you it, 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 does it, with, it does it with skin as well. You, you pick a picture of your skin and there's a little bump there or whatever. It, you ask, what is this? And you give the symptoms. And they'll tell you what the answer is. You know, And it gives you remedies as well. I mean, the... That happened just in the last week and a half or so. It's available to, I think, about 5% of users at the moment. But when I first saw it, I hadn't thought of this from that point of view. I thought it'd do the same thing as draw a picture like we saw with Dali and Majuri and so on. Yeah. I understood that it was actually going to be inputting pictures. and You could ask questions about it. It was amazing. So, yeah, wow. I just wanted to put that in there. Thank you this very much, so incredible. <laughs> It's amazing. And, and next week, there'll be something new as well. You just can't keep up yeah. with this stuff. Okay, what you can keep up with yeah. is the markets. Because after what you two have just said in your... It's like listening to a science fiction script with you two. <laughs> dollar rand is 18.76. The dollar is around about a third of a percent stronger against the mighty rand. British pound against the rand is 23.67. And the euro rand is 20.43. Euro dollar 108.85, which has barely changed from yesterday. Gold price, boring, 19.12 unchanged. Platinum down 22 to 9.03 an ounce. And palladium is down. That's bad, hey? Yeah, I know. It was bowling along merrily above uh. a thousand recently, but then suddenly gone. 12.22 is the palladium price 
down a couple of dollars per ounce. Now, onto the capital markets. The South African 10 year, three basis points higher at 10.51%, the yield there. US 10 year, 3.84%. Now, I mean, if this was, yeah, and that's a 3.6% move, three and two thirds percent move after Powell's yeah. comments in Europe. If that was the Dow it Jones. Data today. Yeah, yeah there, was, there was economic data out today, which was. Uh, much better than everyone expected on the uh, employment front and also yeah. on the GDP front, just people spending, so services side as well. So um, rates have gone up as a result of that. So you it's know, been a very good week then. As well as, as, well as uh, mm -hmm. on, on, you know, supported by what, um, what, what, Powell said. So yes. all it does is just accelerate, you know, those moves. Well, the, the data that you've just spoken about, yeah. it comes on the back of durable goods orders being better earlier this week, new home sales being better. Yeah. And yeah. the other yeah. one was consumer confidence as well. Unlike mm. South Africa, where consumer confidence in the last three months has gone from minus eight to minus 23 to today's number mm. of minus 25, despite the Eskom reprieve, so-called. But anyway, the US 10-year bond, a 3.5% move to the upside in the yield. If the 3.5% was translated to the Dow Jones, it would be headline news. S&P 500 futures, they don't care. Uh, they're flat at 4,415. Bitcoin still hovering above 30,000, 30,420, which is a 0.3% gain. On to other commodities, West Texas crude, $69.24, down a half a percent. Brent crude oil also down a half to $73.64. suppose we've got to go back to the JSE, despite your ebullience about markets that will, <laughs> will never touch the JSE. I've got here Montauk Renewables. I mean, it's all over the place every single day. But anyway, it's up nearly 13%. Sabanya still water up 32 TFG, that's Fashini, up nearly 3%. Oceana up two and three quarters. And ACI after its numbers today, two and a third. Downside, Naspers taking a breather, 1.9% weaker. Sapi down 1.8%. Process down 1.8% as well. And Sirius down 1.6%. Either of you two gentlemen had a look at the JSE and saw anything outside of those companies I've just mentioned? The only comment is, go over the, sorry, you go for oh, I just want to mention the fact that uh, we also forgot to mention that German GDP, uh, inflation came in higher than expected. And that is an important factor as well, because it does mean that the, they're the first one to turn around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They're bouncing. They're now, yeah, the trend's turning. So that could indicate that maybe Powell is right about raising interest rates. Yeah, two more rate rises. But again, I've said this two or three times, and at the risk of boring people to death, it's good that he's communicating that. He's not suddenly sitting down and said, wait a second, inflation isn't transitory. He's, you know, he's at last <laughs> starting to learn the media game. Maybe he's had some training or something from Bronwyn Nielsen. Who knows? <laughs> David, yourself, anything? I, I think the only, the only point is we're coming to the end of the half year. And, um, I, you know, looking at the JSC, of course. I know we're up about at one stage we in late January we hit 80,000 I don't know we've lost a lot of ground since then and we're only up about 1 or 2%. But remember in that time the the rand has also lost about 10%. So uh in dollar terms the JSC is minus 7 and people people con you know uh, or attribute that mainly to Eskom and uh, uh other issues but it's not it's been the commodity market that has absolutely fallen you know mm. collapsed particularly platinum she's even looking at anglos and bulletins barely positive for the year but uh in the month that i've been here um, you know the commodity markets or the resource markets have have given away a lot particularly platinums and that's why i just raised my eyebrows with platinum at 900 
You know, it's it's yeah. it's troublesome for South Africa, and also even with the rand at these levels, it's um, it's a worry. Right. It is. David, give uh, us the closing JSC indices, please, and some live. I wish Wall I had Street. them, but unfortunately, ah, I do not. <laughs> in that case, I'm I'll give them on to an you. Easy chair with my feet up. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm sure you're gonna you're gonna sleep well tonight with those little chumps uh, off on the plane to the Antipodes. Off they go. Cheerio. Okay, I've got the resources index up two thirds of a percent. Industrial shares are down half a percent. Financials up 0.2. And I have to tell you that the top 40 index is almost entirely flat at 69,608. Yeah. And the all share index, exactly the same. It's, it's up marginally, but it's 74,892. A really, really uninspiring day. And I've got, what have I got here? Dow's up two thirds of a percent, S&P up a third, and the futures which is the one I look for. Yeah, it's up about a third of a percent. So uh, suddenly okay. a little bit of a bid coming in for, for US stocks. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. I'm going to dash off and watch the final hour or so. The cricket at Lords, the uh, second Ashes test. England making a little bit of a fight back. So I'm looking forward to that. And we'll speak again next week. It's David Shapiro from Sassman Securities in New York and Viv Govender from Rand Swiss somewhere in South Africa. That was the five o'clock shadow. <laughs> The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.